Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good morning, Andy. Hello, listeners, and welcome to 2024. Happy New Year, everyone, and Happy New Year, Tom. Happy New Year, Andy. Nice to see you bright and early on a Monday morning when we record some HSG. Lovely. I've got myself a, an orange juice and a coffee. Uh, I, I did in have se- a coffee. In separate glasses, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> I did have a coffee, but as we've been doing the preamble chat, I've already drank that. So it's down to the Godolphin of Vimto. Oh, lovely, 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 lovely. Did you try those Vimto sweets yet? Yes, they were, they were, they, they were eaten about three hours <laughs> after you gave me them. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't. I never heard anything back from you. I just didn't know yes. if you liked them I'd, or not. I'd actually, I've forgotten the Vimto bonbons. They were. What can you go wrong with a bonbon that's flavoured by Vimto? Vimto flavour, the best, some might say. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, um, how are you? How are you feeling about the year, Tom? How are you feeling about twenty twenty four? I am. I'm going to say out loud. I'm feeling pretty positive. I've got a good attitude. I'm ready to tackle twenty twenty four. How about you? I am. Likewise, I, I think. 2023 was a challenging year, was a difficult year, yeah. but w- was, I think, without now being all convoluted and high flight, I think it was one of those sort of like, transform- those years where you think things are sort of changing a bit, and I think yeah. more of that's going to carry over hopefully into 2024, both in like hobby life and real life, Yeah. so, and I think sort of, I think there's going to, last year was sort of like a bit of a rebalancing of, yeah. of life and hobby and everything, and I think that's going to yeah. carry forward into 2024 you know still very much enjoying and looking forward to the podcast but i think possibly like listeners may notice a slight theme when we do some of the common segments in the hobby update news about maybe how our hobby is going at the minute because some sections may be brisker than others <laughs> not not <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> certainly certainly certainly, uh, certainly for one of the hosts uh, it's a bit light talking about i, I just oh. Yeah, talk about getting light. Um, talk about new plans for 2024. I'm going to try and get healthy in 2024, Tom. That's my plan. Uh, I know everyone does that in January, but um, I'm not. I'm not the sportiest of um, the HSG team. I'd say, Tom. I'd say you. I think so you're probably of of the, the three regular hosts. I say you are the one. Probably actually partakes in actual sports more often. I, I I can't remember the last time like Ed or I probably like kicked a football. Well, this is like tr- I have actually sustained sporting injuries because of my son, <laughs> but being dragged to the park and uh, trying to do flicks and kicks, and I will fall over and injure myself uh, frequently. That's probably because I'm a um, a heavier set man um, in my late forties. Um, I'm no Ian Wright, that's for sure. Um, showing my age um or harry kane for that matter um yeah so this year i'm gonna be trying to get so you can you can watch me transform if you're on the you know watch me physically transform hopefully over the coming year into a a, a fit um a fit a fit fiddle fit as a fiddle What's, fit as a flea is that the one i can't remember one of those uh, anyway just healthier so i'm gonna be trying to do a, a little bit more walking getting out there and doing walking hopefully that's not going to impact too much on my hobbying um but I have got this crazy plan, Tom. Is this is this is this crazy plan? How crazy are we talking? Is this you're going to start lugging around like a 
4,000 point metal dwarf army or something has some training oh, I want to get fit. I don't want to destroy my back. <laughs> you're, going go, you're going to go back into playing the 80s space orc. <laughs> no, I'm going to go back and play. I'm going to, uh, not to foreshadow the news even more, I'm not going to start playing the, the old Warhammer Fantasy Battle with all the, the old metal orcs and goblins. <laughs> or deadlifting them. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tr- I've decided that I'm going to try to walk um, from Norwich Market to to um, Leadenhall Market here in London. Uh, I'm originally from Norfolk, as some of the listeners will know. And I'm going to try and walk the route. The old turkey traders used to walk their Christmas turkeys from Norwich Market down to Leadenhall Market. And I'm going to try and walk that route myself. But because I don't want to die... <laughs> I'm going to actually, you know, when I have to walk a marathon a day for a week, uh, I'm going to try and get healthier before then. So it might be not be this year, it might be next year, but I'm going to be trying to, um, yeah, do more walking. But as I said, as I'm be trying to get fit, this this is probably going to inter- impact my hobby time. So I may not be getting a army painted a week anymore. I could always try and, you know, see if you can discover to paint on the move. Well, some sort of hobby, hobby jogging tray. <laughs> It's like a like an usherette at a theatre. Instead of like selling ice cream, I can have a little jug of water and some paint <laughs> hanging around my neck. Well, yeah, raise some money for charity. Here's the, the goblin I painted between all the, between I don't know Ipswich and Chiswick and Richmond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he did the eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, that that that's my my major plan for this year is to actually get up and get out because I think I've been very uh, sedentary since since lockdown. It's really I just cut back how much I was going out and doing stuff. I don't know if the same for the listeners at home, um, but I think it's just going to be a good idea to just get a bit more active. I'm I'm coming up for fifty and yeah, I just need to get moving before I can't move anymore. That's the plan anyway. Anyway. That does, this this story does not really involve tiny tiny soldiers, and that's what we're all really here to listen about. So, um, Tom, tell me about six millimeter English Civil War again oh, yeah. for an hour and a half. Well, the hobby progress uh, didn't get anywhere near as much done as I'd wanted to over Christmas because I ended up working quite a lot. But I did get the six mil dismounted dragoons finished, so they're done, and I've got a bit of paint on the mounted dragoons. They're done. It's not long. It's it's not panic stations for the ECW stuff yet. Uh, you know, I, I know once I start dictating the proper amounts of time to it, I'll get it done. It's just I've had other things pressing on my time at the moment. Yeah, that's it. And that's that's all I've got done really for hobby. When progress. when is Joy of Six? July. So six months away. Yeah, like I I want to have by the end of February. I want to have enough painted to stop playing the game, to stop practicing mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. But I'm imagining when we start doing those practice games, it might be like a couple of bases or just the plain, like actual bases with just what the unit's written on. But we'll have enough. And I'd even done. say if you want to start practicing the rules, you can just get beer mats. Yeah. <laughs> just put your 10 mil on the beer mats. Just a bit of blue tack and we can just practice the rules. Yeah. It's like... A, 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 Realistically, I think I can get the whole thing painted in like eight weeks or so once I just dictate the time to it. It's you heard just... it here for eight weeks, folks. So, yeah, so that... January, February, March. 
end of March shall be done. Oh, end of March, the whole thing will be done. It just, I don't, I don't know how you are like with painting, but I know like at the, at the minute, like yesterday, I sat down for like an hour and made more pro. Like, was that's the only time I picked up a paintbrush since the new year, mm-hmm. and I actually got quite a lot of progress done yeah. in an hour. It's just I just need to dictate like right. Sunday afternoon, I'm having like five hours on them, boom, and then it will make a, a big lump of change. And like when I get the most painting done to them, it's if I can just dictate like an hour, hour and a half a day to them. It just means I just need to get my brain into a space where it goes rather than playing Baldur's Gate 3 for an hour and a half a day, I paint some six mil ECW stuff. As my son just uh, got Pikmin 4 from Santa Claus, thanks Santa. Uh, for Christmas, I can't identify with the urge to play a game rather than do any <laughs> painting. But I've already got 100% in the first level, and I'm moving on to the second level of Pikmin 4. Uh, and that's been, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something I, I, I did. Something I did find like last year that's leading into this year. I am enjoying playing computer games again a lot more than I have. Since the lockdown, I think I think probably like the mm-hmm. lockdown, I played so many computer games, I got bored of them. Yeah. So then did a lot more painting, but there is just something quite nice about playing a computer game. Uh, it's it's very you just sit down, you put it on, you play it, and you know that's fine. There's nothing to apologise. Just you know you're just doing something you enjoy, and it's fine. It's this is a hobby. It's a hobby support group. You know it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a hobby. Um, yeah. I mean, I certainly find I'm, I'm in a, a period now where I just have got so much going on in my head with everything happening over Christmas and, and this early part of the year that I haven't kind of got the bandwidth to, to even choose what I want to paint next. And I, I mean, for my hobby progress, Tom, I don't want to sort of steal this away from me now, but um, it's quite a long and detailed list. I've painted nothing. Um, all I've done, and I guess this counts as hobby progress, is I got a, I got a plastic tub from upstairs, and I got all the miniatures that I said I wanted to get painted this year, and I put them in that one tub, and that's all I'm worrying about. I put the others. I've undercoated some, my Slam Blood Bowl team, my Chaos All Stars team is undercoated, and I'm just gonna, just gonna work through that box this year. So that 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 is some hobby progress. I think that's a really good. I think that's really together. good progress. I think just having that, like, I think that's a really good idea. Just having that, like, visual representation of this is it. This yeah. is what I'm going to get through. This is what I'm doing. And then, like, you see, every time he takes something out of the box, you see the box physically getting smaller. But also having, having, I think there is such, especially I think like, living in the UK with the weather being weird, where like you, you can sometimes have weeks where you just can't prime stuff. Yeah. I think having stuff primed ready to go i think it's it's such an invaluable thing so whenever you do get that i want to paint something you've got something that you can get straight out of the box yeah. and go boom off we go i mean i always try to have something primed so if i'm there go like oh for some reason i've got the afternoon or evening free to myself and i want to do some hobby oh well that, that's something i can do straight away i just jump on and just get get something done that's what i get so um yeah so you think um so I've done absolutely no hobby apart from putting stuff in a box. <laughs> um but anything else from you, Tom? No, that's it. I, I did a little bit of sorting out and tidying up and, yeah. and I was sort of like having a bit of like, oh what if I sorted out some boxes and moved a few bits and pieces around and mm-hmm. put some of my bolt action armies at the bottom of the cupboard 
because I realised I don't need to get ready access to them. <laughs> so yes. That was it. I would like to start playing another 28 mil World War II. I was I mean, looking at the, the deals from Warlord over Christmas. I was very tempted to get a Canadian army or a commando arm, but I just realised I'm not going to be using it. No, um, no I, I, I'm... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in the in the hobby news. There, are, there I re, this year I do want to play some more World War Two. Yeah, but I'm just I'm trying. Re, I know it's, this this might be something I say nearly every episode, but I'm really trying to wean myself off doing armies in twenty eight mil. Yeah, because I I just. It doesn't really fit with most of the type of gaming I see myself wanting to do more of in the future. Yeah. Um, just for like many reasons, and primarily ones I can't really play with them at home. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I think like anything small, like even fifteens, I can realistically play with at home. Uh, whereas like twenty eight, I, I just can't unless you're doing like something like one forty eight tactics, which is like half a dozen dudes. Yeah. I mean, not one, not under retread old ground. We we regularly talk about this, but when I when I look at a project now, I, my first thought is, you know, smaller scale. I don't think like, I think I'm going to sell my box of 28 mil Napoleonics when Ed's got the money together, <laughs> um, uh, because I just I've got I've got six mil Napoleonics, and I just I'm like I've got a whole Prussian army. I've got um, my Dutch. I've got my Brunswickers. Uh, I can play Napoleonics with those. And I'm like, I just, to then have the effort to go through and paint all those guys at 28 mil, I'd rather, I'd be honest, tough them up and make a, um, what's what? A turn what's it. That? Turn it 28. I could not. Yeah. I was thinking of Planet 28. It's like an entirely different game. Turn it 28. I'd rather turn it 28 them because I just don't see me playing. So, yeah. Let's see if I get any offers. I, I, think, I, I don't think I'll get round to it this year. I think it might be a, like we're already looking at 2020, 2025. But yeah. I think in 2025, I'm probably going to have a really good look at everything that I've got and go, right, I want a few armies. I want, like, I've got my 28 mil Napoleonic French painted. I've got a 28 mil Napoleonic British army on the sprue. Mm -hmm. And go, right, which are the armies? I want to make sure I've got, like, two armies at least like two armies for the periods that I actually realistically want to see myself playing. Yeah. What do I need? What do I go? And I think then I may well then start selling or clearing out armies to make more room for things that I either really realistically want to play with or just going to, you know, I don't really need these like things like my 28 mil Americans because I've got like some Marines, I've got some airborne and I've got, like just some US Army for Western Europe. I don't yeah. really like playing World War Two Americans very much. So like, I, I don't need like three 28 mil armies for them. Don't worry, listeners. I love playing Americans. So, Woohoo! Okay. No minus one to hit. Yeah, whereas as, I think, dem like, as demonstrated by Patton. Whereas without having, and yet I haven't got like a 28 mil late war British Army. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I don't need three. It's silly having three American armies and not one British one. Yeah. So, but I, that, it, that's not like a burning need to sort out this yeah. year. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in the same. I'm like, I guess you just have that thought. I, I just don't have the storage. 
I wish I was one of these lucky guys in America with a huge basement where I could set up some display cabinets from Ikea and just shove them in and just leave them there and just like have them looking nice. I was watching um, eBay Miniature Rescue and Casey was just had all his models set up in the cabinets in his place. And I thought, that's nice. And I wish I was in that place where I could do that. But I'm not. I'm here in my little London flat for family and space is a premium. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm lucky in that, like, I have a cupboard where I can fit, like, two stacks of really useful boxes that are, to the, are like, they're, like, eight feet high. Mm-hmm. So I can fit, like, a lot of really useful boxes in that little cupboard. Yeah. However, it means to be, if I want to get something out that's in, like, the bottom of the second stack, I've got to move, like, you know, two or three dozen really useful boxes to get to the same. Yeah, those bottom armies are realistically not being played with, um, yeah. and I don't even know what I I do know what armies I've got when I really think what I've got, and I, every time I sort of come out, it's like oh I'd kind of forgotten I'd got that army, but not really oh I'd completely forgotten I'd got that second Hungarian cavalry army that like, I hadn't necessarily forgotten, but it's all like, was no longer in like the top of my mind. It wasn't in your mind when you thought, thought it's not the first army you think of. Yeah. And you go, Oh yeah. Oh, and I've got the Romanian cavalry as well. I forgot that. What is the difference between the Hungarian and the Romanian cavalry? Not a lot. A couple of minor rule differences. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it, it's that kind of thing that I think is probably, you know, in the future is time might be limited. Um, yeah. But we we will see. I know it's something we talk about all the time. I mean, I want to get. A, I'd like to get a six mil um, Warsaw army from Napoleonics for this Leipzig game. But I'm I'm not going to buy them until I've got painted all the things that I wanted to get painted. You know, it just I've got Prussians. I think we'll have enough to do it amongst a lot of us. Yeah, I do want someone for my Prussians to fight against and some. Yeah, so more so. Yeah, I, I want to get into the guys, point where. Good. Yeah, I want to get into the point where when I come up with an idea, I go, I want to do this, I buy it and I do it, and it's not like it goes into the part, it goes into the cupboard for a year, yeah. two years. Um, so, so I guess we can move into hobby purchases, and this is going to be really quick for me. I bought nothing. Um. I don't think I've bought anything either. I'm just thinking. I got some. I got some gifts. I got um, uh, so I expect nothing at Christmas from my family. Um, and Santa must have heard that because when I opened my stocking, there was an army painter basing kit in there. And I hope my wife saw my because I just lit up. <laughs> no, I was just like. Oh! I got some paintbrushes. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I got a little book that says, A Day of Miniature Wargaming is like, just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> so I was like, yes. And that's now my show notes book next to me. So um, Santa's obviously accepted I'm a wargamer a little bit and has purchased me things, uh, brought me lovely things and dropped them down the chimney. Um, he obviously makes them himself. Sorry, everyone doesn't purchase them. Um, but apart from that, I've, I've, done, I've, not, I've not bought anything. Uh, I was maybe hoisted by my own petard of joking about the eclectic nature of hobby gifts I got last Christmas. Yeah. Of like Christmas 2023 of like, you know, 
different periods in different scales and you know all this sort of stuff and going thank you uh, this year i got nothing oh well uh, that's good that's good I, I got i got no random hobbies obviously yes so, so no like little seeds for new armies yeah no like here's some like 15 mil napoleonics here's some like 20 mil world war ii dudes here's like a 172 world war one tank and like here's yeah. a 135 biplane uh, or a good tree so none of that this year um did get some money with a note from my sister to say buy a model or a toy with it yeah but, um, yeah she was obviously one one of our many listeners tom yeah knows you know once you get the war game and give them money to buy more toys with um but that's it so but i guess moving on to games played some progress has been made on my overall list game played list and i've played a game and actually played uh this accursed civil war from GMT Games, which is part of their Musket and Pike, uh, like Hex and Chick game with Ed, and it was brilliant. Oh, nice. It, it was like, this is, for me, it was the first really serious Hex and Chick game that I've played. Um, you know, on mm-hmm. the box, it has a complexity rating of 5 out of 9, because, of course, you can't have a scale of 1 to 10. It has to be 1 to 9. <laughs> complexity reasons um was really good um i'm sure we got some of the rules if not most of the rules wrong but we played the game uh i think we, we started playing about 12 we finished about seven um so we got four game in um was really fun uh worked really well and despite having sort of like a 50 ish page rule book and like the quick reference sheet of like three pages and like two other quick reference sheets to look up different rules it actually played pretty quickly and i think once you actually get the core system in your head it works really well like one of the things that was really good about playing it and was thinking i'd wanted to get out of action i think ed enjoyed it as well is you get such an extra level of granularity before so like every single unit is slightly different so you might have like, oh, here's your like pike block. It's rating as like it's got like a strength rating of twenty eight and a morale of seven. It's like here is this here's like a different commander's pike block. It's got four less casualties, but like slightly heavier morale. So every unit you have to sort of like look on the chit because it can be slightly different. Mm-hmm. And like how that works can have like a huge effect in the game but then like the games it's pretty you play it on the d10 and it's all like plus or one it's all like plus or minuses for the things so and you're only ever rolling one dice yeah so it's it actually plays really quickly so you go oh here's my heavy infantry unit it's going to salvo fire at your unit of dragoons right plus three for that blah, 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 plus four right roll a d10 boom right it does seven you take two casualties boom mm-hmm. away you go take a morale test um, so it played really actually, despite it taking like seven hours, it played really quickly. Hmm. And it's a, it's kind of an I go you go, but you have like different wings and like you have it, it, it actually is like you're always sort of doing something at the same time. Yeah. Um, and like probably like the first turn probably took about an hour. By the last two or three turns, probably took about fifteen minutes. For like all three of them, because you just sort of play much quicker as, as you, you lose the units and that sort of stuff. So it's a game I definitely want to play more of. However, it, it is obviously one of those games where you just have to 
you know, Ed came over in the morning, he had lunch, he had dinner and then left. It's one of those, it's, today we're playing this game. Like there's, there's no way you can sort of like play it as a pickup. Um, but that was that. Sounds really fun. Yeah, really looking forward to playing more of it. And, and also it, it's the, the core system that it uses is the same system for like an Ancients game, Napoleonics and all sorts. So like once you get your head around the core system, it opens up like a whole range of other games to sort of play. And it, it also set up quite easily because like in the setup charts, it just says like that the list is like, right, this token goes in this square on the map. So it's no like sort of looking at the map and going, right, well, but this unit about here and you're counting in hexes. It just goes now, yeah. right, Prince Rupert deploys in like 3021C. Oh, so, right. Okay, well, that's good. So, so you, you've got your, like the exact map coordinates where everything goes, which is great. So that's the only game I've actually played so far. But it's, it's one of the, the tick. It's a tick off the box. You're over list. You're ahead. You're winning. You're beating me at the moment then. Because <laughs> I uh, I didn't have tickets to ride on my over list. <laughs> that's the only game I played. Cards. I played um, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, what card game? And um, <laughs> ticket to ride and just general cards. Um, with the family over Christmas, but unfortunately did not get a chance to play um, any actual war games, real games um, at all. Although I did read some of that, uh, Ed, one of our fellow hosts, is putting together that uh, that campaign idea, is doing a, a, a free-form narrative um, campaign for us to, to play. So perhaps we'll have a bit more information about that. Maybe we need to get Ed on to talk about what he's planning to do there. Um, but uh, I looked pretty good, Tom. Yeah, uh, just uh, I am really looking forward to playing that. Uh, just quick note to the listeners. I think it appears that the return of the builders, which we haven't had for years on the podcast, has returned. I realise the people in the flat above me, I think, are, are drilling or something. So we are recording at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning. So well, I apologise. Are they drum and bass DJs? <laughs> I lived with a drum and bass DJ, and that was traditionally when he would start DJing. <laughs> so apologies, listeners, if there is weird ambient noise that the microphone may be picking up or not. I'm not sure. I know it's quite annoying for where I'm sat. If you can hear an annoying buzzing noise, don't worry, that's my voice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll um, hopefully get some stuff from Ed on his narrative campaign idea that he's, he's just started um, next time we get him on. Yeah, well, really looking forward to that. Hopefully next week we're recording a gallery episode. So we will see where we're coming on. So shall we actually move into some hobby news for things that we could purchase or buy? A new year, new projects. Let's have a look and see what there is to get involved in the hobby news. Well, let's start off as we always do with Ammo Meg. And new model kit this month is the Volkswagen Type 87 with the full interior. And in 135. And who doesn't want a World War II era Beetle? Um, with all its kit, um, with the full interior kit, it's uh, £21.34, tax included, and you know, it's up for pre order now. And I think these are really quite cool. Um, I did um, a couple of years ago paint up not this kit, I painted up one of the Tamiya ones as a little diorama piece, um, yeah, for the fall of Berlin. Um, because why not if you're a cool kid? Um, I quite like this. It's quite fun and be quite a. I think it'd be like a, a, a fun bit of like 
scatter terrain that you could chuck about and everything. It's a bit out of scale at 135, but I think it would be fun. I think you could use. Um, oh, yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? I like it. You know, I do love to paint up a random vehicle. Oh, heard that one. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do like to. Is that you, Tom? Is this just an excuse for your terminal flashlights? Extreme gastroenteritis. <laughs> Polishers, listeners. I'll try and clean this audio up as much as I can. Uh, clean up my com comments. Um, yeah, it's just nice to have like, little rounds of vehicles to pop on your battlefield, isn't it? What scale is this? 135. Is that. A, I don't know what that is. Is that, that 28 mil? No, it's bigger. It's like. It, it, it'd be much bigger. It'd probably be like, it, this would be like a beetle about the size of an old rhino. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Like, so like, not huge. It's like, it, to be honest, if you put like a space marine next to it, it'd look like a space marine, it'd probably fit in it. Ah, also oh, massively too big then. Oh saying. yeah, like massively too big for like normal 28 mil stuff. Yeah. But like, like not giant, giant, but just huge. Does that make sense? So skipping on from there, just like talking about like, you know, Space Marines or things from the future, we move into Black Sight Studios and another one of their new games, which launches on their like their version of Kickstarter, which isn't Kickstarter, it's called like Backroom. Um, oh. And this launches on the 12th of January. And this is something called Breacher, which Oof. I quite like. I, I like the idea of this in that it's a game of like modern combat that takes place in like the near future where you have like military contractors like special operations dudes all this sort of stuff that take part in like small scale like covert ops and that sort of stuff and i think this would be like a really if you've got like the you see some of these like modern military models like the stuff that over the quad bikes or all that sort of stuff that you got oh, i'd like to do some of that modern modeling but i don't necessarily want to play like modern conflicts I think it'd be like yeah. a great idea to that because it's like it's in the near future, but it also gives you a little bit of a chance to do if you wanted to do like a few like interesting drones, maybe some people in like exosuits, that sort of stuff, but without yeah. going full cyberpunk. I'm good for Xenos Rampant. Yeah, great for anything like that. But yeah, also like, you know, you want to do like use some like, you know, like the Marines in Afghanistan or anything like that. Then you kind of like use all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it looks sort of like quite fun um I, I like a lot of the stuff that black site studios do so i thought i'd mention it and, and people give it out yeah they're good stuff don't they yeah and it's you know it's a cool rule it's, it's a rule book and then i think you could like pretty much like use whichever minis that you wanted to for it and i think that's kind of quite interesting but then moving on from you know the near future to you know the period that we sort of can never really escape which is you know obviously the English Civil War and the Thirty Years' War is bloody miniatures. Is there more stuff, Tom? Well, they've given some more details on the like rank and flank unit that they're going to put out, um, which is their like twenty-figure pike and shot unit. And it's going to sort of like, be two packs of musketeers and two packs of pikemen plus a command pack. So this is why you get your sort of like your rank and flank unit for it and. You know, they've put out the reason behind why they're putting out the rank and flank unit is because, you know, they've always said like there were they were never going to do rank and file units because everybody and their uncle already makes them. Yeah. And they were all about doing the specifically um, 
like the, the more interesting fault. models, the character yeah. models. However, you know, they're very honest with the reason. The reason why they've done them is twofold. One, because people constantly ask for them. <laughs> Please let me buy units of your models. No, no, it goes against my ideology. Yeah. Um, Keep your uh, money. <laughs> and the other reason is like their figures, like the bloody miniatures figures are designed really to fit in and among like the Renegade miniatures and the Brycor miniatures range, yeah. which are made by the same sculpture. However, like Renegade miniatures no longer exist and you, you have been able to always like buy them on eBay, but they've been like their prices become more and more expensive to buy on eBay. Yeah. Or they're just no longer available. It's just prohibitive to get hold of. And the Brycorn miniatures are getting smaller. Like right. in the like the email that bloody miniatures put out, the thing is probably because the molds are have they've had to be remolded or whatever, they're actually smaller. So they they now like they don't look as good ranked up next to the bloody miniatures anymore. Yeah. So that's why bloody miniatures are bringing out their own range because they are all like all three ranges are sculpted by Nick Collier so they now get some new you know rank and file units which fit in your arms that all look like they're the same yeah now the other interesting thing I think about these and I think this is where you, you realize like how committed to the period like bloody miniatures are is that they've decided to cast the pikes and actually have proper pikes for your pikemen rather than just the wire spears or the like soft like metal poles so you know you either end up with like because they didn't want the telegraph pole style cast poles or the wire spears so they're actually making um pike they're casting specific pikes that you put in the open hands of your dudes so if mm -hmm. you want to still use the wire spears because you want them to be a bit more sturdy than the softer metal proper pikes but the pikes are going to be uh they seem to be like quite an, an interesting concept in that they're going to be more rigid than the normal soft metal things so specifically you don't end up with a pike unit that looks like they're sort of advancing with spaghetti sticks um, yes the classic but like when you ever do look at a pike like a pikeman's pike is not just like a really long spear is it they're, they're, they're much more tapered and you know that they have like the, the weird top and the bottom which obviously is quite large compared to just a brush handle with a pointy mm -hmm. stick on the end so that's what they're going to do so yeah so when you, you buy the bloody miniatures pike unit they're going to come with separate pikes that you put in their open hands right okay but if you don't want to use those you can use the normal pikes in fact actually that is incorrect when you buy the the pikemen don't come with pikes. You have to either order the specific pike, order some pike sprues, mm -hmm. or buy the wire pikes, which I guess is good because it means if you're wanting to use the wire pike spears, you're not wasting money on the pikes that are just going to go in your bits box. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, remember that, listeners, if you're ordering the bloody miniatures pikemen, they are supplied without pikes. You add the pike sprues to your order or order your own wire spears from elsewhere. I think, to be honest, I think if I was doing various units of them, I would probably, I, I'll buy, I'd look at the, the, the pike spruce to see what they're like, but I would probably be more tempted to use the wire 
I mean, I use my my twenty eight mil pikemen have all got the wire ones because I had the plastic warlord ones, and, and before I'd even started properly painting them, they'd all snapped. Already, oh yeah, I, so. I've never used the plastic ones, but I just I just know pikemen are a nightmare. Although I would yeah. have to sort of wait and see. So moving on now to Grey for Now games and the next update for expansion for zero two hundred hours is available with the Escape from Stalagraph three. And this is quite a fun-looking little kit with some great minis. Looks good, doesn't it? Yep, you, you know, it's, it's £42 for the minis, the cards, the escape, uh, like the rules and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think this is like a bad price at all, really, because you get no. like, quite an interesting-looking motorbike, a legally distinct American who may be escaping from somewhere. Steve um, McQueen. Uh some other dudes, and yeah, so you get the cards and the rules and all that sort of stuff. And I think if, if you're playing zero two hundred hours, you know, forty quid to expand your game, I think is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, you, know, you could spend that on a unit for another army. Well, yeah, I easily. think well, you, you just be spending at least ten to fifteen quid just on the motorbike on its own. Yeah, and it's it's a really good motorbike model. It's and a nice I, one. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, I think most of those character models. I think are, are really they're they're all like even in historics mode they're all like eight quid at least individual character models aren't they? So yeah. I think it's sort of like you're getting your money's worth for that one. I think I, I know some of the zero two hundred hours expansions I'm, I'm a bit sour on the price, but I think that's all yeah different. Then moving on now to Mantic, and I think this is where we come with the good value stuff. I think now ambush, which is there like. Cheaper entry point into Kings of War. But they've got so to interrupt you there, Tom. They've got so much stuff going on at, at Mantic at the moment. It's just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can discuss it in the news, but I just want to say there's lots happening at Mantic. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year for them. It is. And I think they are really, I think they're really getting into the stride of both doing their own thing, but also offering good gaming at an affordable budget without the constraints of going, this is cheaper gaming, so you've got cheaper models. I think that I think those days are like really gone now. Because I think like especially like some of these the new ambush set stuff they've got coming out. Yeah. The models are really nice. Yeah. Right? The models are really nice. And they are comparatively really cheap. Yeah. Um, which is good. And I think like if I was getting in if I had a friend who's like kid was getting into wargaming or something like that and they said, where would you start? I yeah. would say start with Ambush. Uh, there are three new Ambush forces coming out for Kings of War. There's the Basilians, the Forces of Nature, and the good old Abyssal Dwarves. Yay! So they get their new starter sets. But also, there is a two-person starter set called the Chill of Twilight. And this is the two-player Ambush starter set. And this is 70 quid. And I think this is, to be honest, cracking value. Because first list of the week listeners oh you get like it's the twilight kin versus the frozen north hmm? they're like i don't actually know what, what the ice north. hunters yeah yeah the chaos warrior type dudes um so you get 16 twilight king corsairs three twilight kin impalers 20 ice kin hunters and two Frostclaw Raiders. You get all the bases, like a Ambush Rules book, 
the scenario sheet and like two yeah. sheets of transfers for them. So you get everything you need to play it and you're looking at 70 quid. Yeah. And that's e- enough for like two people to actually be playing the game. And I think that's... For some companies, that would just be a tank. Yeah, or a rule book. Um, and also like the models that you get form like not only are they full armies for ambush they actually do form the core of four kings of war armies yeah. so it's not like you're, you're you're wasting money on buying stuff that you're never going to use i some might say that some future news coming up in this episode you might want to look at mantic to help fill out those armies well um i did like how ronnie put a thing up on facebook sort of saying if you were and have been unable to purchase like a rank and flank fantasy wargaming rule. Here are many copies of the Kings of War rulebook while he's literally yeah. sat on a throne of Kings of the War. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, I think we are well on, I think we are fully committed to saying that Kings of War is a really good rank and flank war game. And there is no reason why you should be bankrupting yourself to play rank and flank war games, yeah. if not. Um, also, in February, probably by the time before we do a next hobby update, uh, the Epic Warpath will be out from Mantic launching on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is their small scale sci fi game. So, if you are into some epic scale wargaming of a future variety, keep a lookout on Kickstarter or on the Mantic website to yep. keep informed of that because I'm sure that again will probably be quite good value. I'm quite tempted to back it. I'll be honest, I haven't seen the price yet and what you're going to get in that. But, um, you know, I was talking about doing some multi-base um, Xenos Rampant. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm going to use the rules that are provided for Mantic, but I just thought, you know, that could be quite good fun. Just well, use Xenos Rampant and base I, up there 15 mil. Is it 15 mil or 10 mil? 10 mil. It's 10, I think, isn't it? Or, yeah. It might be something slightly smaller. I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, but no, I, I, I would quite, I wouldn't be averse at all to having like a small-scale sci-fi army for doing yeah. something like that. You know, like yeah, Xenos Rampant, like Space Weirdos or anything. But just playing a dip, like like how we play Pikeman's Lament at ten mil, yeah. having something to do sci-fi with the same. I just think like your um, your six mil English Civil War, just have a, have a actually have like a, a proper scenic base with these little like scattered. 10 mil guys scurrying across like yeah, and go like, this, this, this shattered like ruins a, and yeah, yeah maybe just even put like a dice cell or something on it so you've got, you've got like 10 strength points yeah away yeah. you go i mean it's not the only new project um that mantic have um coming out in 2024 it looks like they're going to have a, a kind of a, a skirmish game as well for halo oh. um they're not the first company to bring out a halo product I know um, Spartan Games did back in 2015 have a Halo. I know the Halo Battlefleet game as well. I hear it was great fun, but never played. Um, but I am very excited to see where that goes and see what models are available. Because, that, again, that'd be, that'd be another really fun game to do in uh, in a smaller scale <laughs> for Xenos Rampant. Yeah, I, I never played the Halo computer games so i i've like the halo franchise sort of holds nothing for me really but i can see could be cool i just really do what you do is you get one spartan super soldier and then your opponent gets the entire covenant army and that's <laughs> there we start off you go 
Uh, another company we'll talk about was um, Ragged Staff Minis, Martin Seventh Son. You know, he knows everything about War of the Roses. Well, he's been producing his own range with Reconquer Designs of uh, War of the Roses. Only a small collection, but obviously exquisitely formed. <laughs> um, just getting make sure. I, I, I would trust Martin's opinion on War of the Roses before anyone else. And he's made sure that these are spot on um, and just to his liking. And um, he's got, he, he sold out initially um, of models because they're so popular. Um, but he's got a new one coming out, and they're based on the armor from the tombs of Sir Ralph and Nicholas Fitzherbert uh, in Norbury, um, which are a distinctive English style from the late half of the 15th century. It says here on his website. <laughs> um, so if you want to go to Etsy, go and have a look. If you want some really, uh, really nice um 28 mil war the roses miniatures you should really be looking at Ragastaff minis and um it looks like he's gonna have more stuff coming out as and when he gets around to it so yeah go check that out ragged staff minis one on for Etsy. the the armor type counters out there if you want to make sure your buckles are in the correct place so that, that sounds really cool i'll look forward to checking those out yeah um at the other end of the uh historical accuracy uh, and we, we now move on to Mercer Minis and mm. the, the many I chose this month from Mercer Minis I was thinking with a 28 mil fantasy game barreling into the horizon people may be looking for centerpiece models and where to get them and I think if, if you want a center if you want an, a third party centerpiece model monster or something like that for your armies I think Mercer Minis or probably the place to go yeah because like the, the model i've chosen i think would make a absolutely amazing like dragon shogoth sort of like dragon ogre like, could you the, just pronounce the name of the model you've chosen for me tom uh yeah <laughs> it sounds like you're talking backwards. He's the little dancing guy from <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah. Arcade, Murr, Pen, Gradrag, Agent Cooper. Uh, <laughs> and it's actually a pronounce. I just noticed the pronunciation guide on the website of A Rad Y Moar Pen Cor R Drag. Klaatu Brada That is, uh, yeah. Congratulations, most of us, for putting a pronunciation guide on the thing. Um, they've been listening to us trying to struggle to say the name of their creatures <laughs> um so this this is like a uh like this is a hundred mil tall miniature it's a massive dragon ogre looking thing that looks um, nice. and in the current sale that it's on it's 35 quid oh yeah um its regular price is 70 pounds and remember this this is a huge and it's on a 140 mil base so it i will note it is currently cheaper than a single pegasus knight from gw and this would be like the centerpiece model that you would have leading your whole army so i just put it in there like i know i, I will always and it's a resin model i always point out whenever you're looking if there's a model that you like on mercer minis sign up to their website because it will probably be on sale at some point yeah yeah, there's lovely stuff on there. 
Now, moving on to Victrix and something a little bit more practical, maybe, for most people. Ooh, so I get to see the pictures before um, Tom tells me what they are. So sometimes I go, ooh, because I get excited. So it's a good one. It's the late Roman cataphracts. Mm. Um, £36 for 16 late Roman cataphracts. You need some heavy cavalry for a fantasy game or you're playing some late Roman era gaming. These are fantastic. You know, it looks think, so nice. I think Victrix cavalry are just really nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited by them, Tom, so I can't imagine what it's doing to you. I'm not really a particular fan of cataphracts. Like, I I like these models. Get out of the room. Get out. This is it. This is our Yoko moment. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. As as a cavalry fan, I'm not a particular fan of the cataphract. Um, But, you know, these are really nice. In in the scale armor, um, they look really cool. And I think these would be useful for both, obviously, people doing historical gaming, but also if you were doing some fantastical gaming and you wanted some heavy cavalry, they just have a slightly... It, it would be, I think it would, on the tabletop, it would allow you to do, give a different look to just like the metal barding heavy cavalry that you normally get. Um, and yeah, at £36 for 16 of them, I don't think they're particularly bad value either. Yeah, great value. Great models, great value. And then... Maybe we could use them for Bretonian Knights. I'm sure you could without too much. Um, then, and I don't think you'd get away with using these in a... As Bretonians. <laughs> <laughs> the Empire... Well, is that so- an unusual looking trebuchet? Yeah. The Empire seems to have been a, a technological leap. Um, this is the World War II armour from Victrix. It's their 12mm German 88s and half track movers um like it's it's these things that make me really tempted to do 12 mil world War. it makes me wish i'd done bolt action in 12 mil but you know yeah um like these you get these are 35 pounds you get three 88s three half tracks you get then like 31 seated crew in case you want to put all your crew in the half tracks while they're moving along mm, of course or you get 24 crew, like, manning the guns. You get sandbags, ammo crates, and shell casings. But you also get crew in both European or Africa Corps uniform. So you can, like, choose what theatre they're in. So, like, admittedly, you do end up with, like, 55 spare crew for, like, a theatre that you're not painting them up at. Um, but they just do look really nice. Yeah, and I, I, I think that... The, the joy of being able to feel, oh, you're like, you, you fear my 188, I'll have a look at the entire battery of them, and like on the table with all the, the moves and everything, I think just makes them look really nice. Um, like, I can't, I could, I, the only explanation, I could, the only, the only reason I can see me ever doing any 12 mil with this Victrix stuff is if I do like some chain of command or something with them, mm-hmm. and it would be just two forces. But it is lunacy, because... You and Ben do 15 mil. Yeah. No one else does 12. So it would just be a pure lunacy project for myself. But then, who knows, because you see, they then release also their Airborne in 12 mil. Oh, my gosh. I thought those are 28 mil miniatures. Yes. And the 12s. Yeah, these, these are the 12s. In. These are the 12s, which you can't tell. Um, like, hopefully at Salute I mean, maybe. I can tell which guy has the um, 
the BAR as well. There he yeah. is. You can see the BARs. You can see every. You can see the details on them. Or you can even see who's got like, you know, submachine guns. Who's got battle rifles? All the sorts. You know, it's Garands. Yeah, it's stunning. Like I, I want to see some of them in the flesh, like some of these twelve mil Victrix stuff. Because I think if they are this detailed, in like obviously they are this detailed, but to see how they are in the flesh, to see if I could paint them. Yeah, because I could see myself playing bolt action with these because you can see what the weapons are. Yeah, uh, and see like how they would look like on individual bases. Um, but I want you to. But also, Victrix did put up a bunch of pictures of the th- things that they've got coming out the rest of the year. So I haven't got like the kit details, but they just put out some of like the twenty-eight mil renders of like some Greek hoplites, which look really nice. Amazing. Yeah. Um, some early Saxon warriors. Lovely. Which I think could again make some like cool hearth guard or all that sort of stuff. Some Islamic infantry for like the Crusades or um, like the Islamic conquest, and then some models that I thought would again possibly look really cool for like a like a fanta- both historical but also fantastical gaming was the like Dark Ages Rus, which yeah. I think looked different enough from most other sort of like Saxons or Vikings, obviously to. Uh, think just be look, look, would look interesting as a force yeah yeah they do um, maybe for like saga or anything like that and then you know if you want your bretonian knights they've definitely been bringing out some um you know some medieval yeah cavalry knights so you can go crazy with all your green lady heraldry and all that sort of stuff how, how much fancying freehand you want to be doing on all those tabards and barding uh, in my case it would be none because i can't even <laughs> zero <laughs> They are all wearing nice, solid coloured. Yes. Um, then skipping along to War Games Atlantic and their sneak peek is what I can only assume are some form of lycanthropy werewolf jobs, um, which look quite cool if you want werewolves. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know if these are going to be like a plastic kit. Well, I assume they are going to be a plastic kit. So, yeah, just maybe a unit of werewolves or use them for ghouls or whatever you need. Then in the brand of legally distinct uh, sci-fi near future things, you have the, in their Atlantic range for Deathfield, you have the runner hunters mm-hmm. who may occasionally, you know, look for the odd replicant. Or... I was thinking like Firefly or Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Um, I mean, may or may not be a Deckard in there. We we, we never know. Um, I like these. I think these yeah. are quite cool. And um, who doesn't? If you're doing a bit of you near future gaming, who wouldn't quite like a um, you know, Blade Runner? Who doesn't need one? I think I think there's something that adds to more tables. But then something that I I'd never really contemplated before. But I think again, look really cool. Oh yeah! And like, I think again would be like a, a, a fantastic, like, different aesthetic for a game. Is these Dark Age Native Americans, mm-hmm. which I think are really cool. And I, I think, I think this is something that I think some of these like digital things and like the three D printing allow these companies to do now, which are these like really quite relatively niche ranges. But we'll go, actually, that's really cool, and that could be like an interest like. I can't think of any game 
like historical game where I'm going to be wanting to play like Dark Age First Nations Americans. But like as a Frostgrave Warband or something, be possibly fantastic. Yeah. Um, so. And then also like flipping that to like more like future sci-fi stuff. If you know, if you're really quite like painting tartans and socks and that sort of thing, but you're not wanting to do Napoleonics, you could do the Deathfields Highlanders. Space Scotsman. Space Scotsman. Um, that the, I guess this only works really if your commander is Zenzardu, and so you've got your full Sean Connery in the leather body harness to be leading ah, Space Highlanders. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that mini. He's going to release it. Yeah, that's that's the only way. That is the commander. Zargoz, Sean Connery. Uh, it's the million we all want, but it would. No one it, released it yet. It's, yeah, at least make a legally distinct one. At least, um, I think he would look even quite cool. more, even more scantily. Clad. <laughs> <laughs> it's disco boots, the go-go boots that make it for me. It's, it's, it's a bold outfit choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing it right now, Tom. I don't understand why I haven't mentioned that I'm wearing this outfit to record it. Uh, then moving on now to Warlord, and well, the first thing from Warlord is really the Epic Pike and Shot Battles rulebook is now come out. So if you want to play tiny ECW battles, it's £22. Is the rulebook. I, I will admit, I don't actually know the major differences between Pike and Shot. Epic that was going to be my next question, Tom. What are the differences in the rulebook? But. Uh, I don't know. I can only assume it's probably like ranges and maybe because you're playing playing with bases rather than individual figures. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. We will have to we'll have to hit somebody up who's got a copy at some point to mm-hmm. chat about it. Quickly move on to Games Workshop and One of the, a small independent company, an indie company really here in the UK. I think they've got a couple of shops around the world maybe as well. Yeah. Or we, oh. I guess we should now officially be calling just calling them Warhammer because they're not Games Workshop anymore, they're actually Warhammer. They're Warhammer shops. So, they are Games Workshop. Yeah. Um, so in, yeah, they they announced that uh, the like the 40k Amazon series is now fully agreed and will be coming to TV soon. And I can only assume that will probably make 40k go stratospheric. Um, I think even yeah. more so. I think I think if it has like the potential to either be like The Witcher or like Games of Thrones, I think it could make 40k go properly mainstream. Because yeah. um, I think like Stranger Things, I think did help D&D go pretty mainstream. I know D&D was popular before Stranger Things, yeah. but I think Stranger Things, I think... I played D&D before Stranger Things. Yeah. But like, I, I, I know like my sister and that mentioned D&D, she knew what D&D was, having watched Stranger Things, which before, and she had no idea because it was nerd stuff. Um, so we will have to sort of see what happens. You know, if we bring millions more people into the hobby, we can maybe siphon them off into the games that we play Yeah, as well. Uh, then just quick bit of news, the new season for Kill Team is out soon. Um, I do kind of like how now with Kill Team, rather than just them re-releasing it like every year, they just now say it's seasons. And yeah. just the new season, new rules, away you go with that. Um, and then the big news, I suppose, obviously, like the, the, the overarching thing for the hobby, really, this month is Warhammer the Old World. Yeah. Which is probably going to be the biggest thing that really happens in the hobby this year. 
and I think a lot of people were really excited for it. I think a lot of people still are excited for it, but I think there's also a lot of disappointment because of we'll stock say like GW, GW shenanigans of things like stock levels. And I think like I'm not going to name the company because I don't want them to get any flack for it. But I think one company put out like a big online like third party retailer put out a thing that they noticed regarding Warhammer the Old World. You know, they are disappointed report that the stock allocations are incredibly low for all the products in this release. And so they're going to be unable to offer it for online sale. will only have very limited stock in the physical stores. Um, they have been aware that more products are planned to be restocked in the future, but they haven't even been given a date for when that restock is going to appear. I mean, I just I don't know what's going on, Tom. Um, Legion Imperialis, low stock levels, was it Cursed City they had issues before? It just like, seems to be a perennial issue for every release. Are they trying to, like every YouTuber got sent a copy, maybe that's why. I can only assume it's some kind of like felt false scarcity where they make people feel like buy it. Otherwise, it's if you don't buy it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. Because like, every single thing that they released for it is, was immediately out of stock. Yeah. And like I don't know if they like I I have no idea how many copies they've sold. But if, if they sold like a hundred thousand copies and all immediately sold out, would they have sold like a hundred and fifty thousand copies if they'd have made two hundred thousand? Or would they have only sold like Are they so worried about having stuff sitting on the shelf that they deliberately make it scarcer so everything sells out? I don't I don't know if it's a tactic. I'm I'm not a businessman. You know, I don't know how these things work. Um I, I, just, can, it just, I just think it's, it seems sad because there are clearly people who want to buy it and can't buy it. And I feel for those people that want to play it, you know? Yeah, I... I, I Go see Ronnie. Go get Kings of War. Yeah, I, I think it's a bonkers decision because like, I really wanted Cursed City. Yeah. I, I, would prob- I would quite possibly have bought Cursed City. The miniatures in Cursed City were lovely, apart from yeah. the zombies. They were brilliant. But then, like, it came out. I couldn't buy it. Then when it was re-released and I could buy it, I was like, no, I'm not buying it now. It's yeah. like, it's, it, 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 it's crazy. Um, and I, I think, like, I, I do not get, especially with something, I think, like the rule book or like how popular, like, they thought the old world was going to be. Why not do something like, especially for the rule book, do a pre-order six months before it comes out. So they go, we've sold a million copies. Brilliant. They order a million copies. Everyone gets one. You don't have to do the pre-order for like two weeks before it goes on sale. Um, but I, I, I do think like some of the models that they've brought out for it, I think are really nice. And like yeah. I would admit if there was like a starter set that had like the rules and some cool figures. I probably wouldn't have bought it, but it could have at least had like. A nudge of what I'm, I'm interested in, I think the fact that. They're not doing like a two army starter set. Like the starter set gives you one army um, and it's 155 quid for a small army, I think is, you know, a bit rich. Like I don't just mean to be Mr. Negative about it because I think I know there are a lot of people who are really interested in it. And I, I think there are people who are definitely thinking, you know, the picture. Oh, I'm book sure up. there will be people down our club, you know, playing it. Um, I look on YouTube, every video for everyone seems to be like looking at this new edition of Warhammer. I'm excited to see how it plays. You know, some of my 
earliest memories of playing. I played Warhammer Fantasy Battle, you know, back when I used to live in Norfolk. We used to get a chroma. I remember one of my favourite memories was we hired at the local church hall. And we had a giant seven-player, eight-player game, and I had my unit of 40 plastic beastmen. Uh, it cost me 20 quid. <laughs> um, you know, it was just a great game, you know, and I'm excited to go back and look at the old world. It was, well, you know, I, I really am. Some of my happiest gaming memories and like, like Warhammer Fantasy was the game that I, re- I started playing first. I played yeah. Fantasy before I played 40k. Yeah. And it, it is like a game I really liked. I'm just, but I do think it got to the point where most of us stopped playing it. Because it, even at the time, I was playing Beastman, and it was like, oh, I need to add like another unit to this Beastman army. Oh, that's like eighty quid in yeah. like two thousand and two. <laughs> and it's not, it's not even, and to some extent, I, I can't deny that the cost of a unit is huge and it is an expense, undoubtedly. But it's the time hole of painting those models as well. Like if you want to get, if you're playing forty k, I need ten more Space Marines. It's less expensive, and you can get it done. You, know, you can get those 10 guys done pretty quickly. You've got to do 80 beastmen. Yeah. It's, that's, you know, and it's not like the simple models. You've got to paint every little belt and buckle and dangle yeah. and gemstone. You're like, man. No, I, I, I honestly think when, they, re, when they, they announced that they were redoing the old world, I think you know, Mr. International Businessman here, I think they should have done it in a small scale. Even if even if it was something like a different, like not maybe like, even if they'd done it in something like 12 or 15 or something. Just well, the rumours were they were going to do it in 10 mil and they came out and said, no, it's going to be the same 28 mil. Yeah. Which I think was a, a mistake made. Um, but, you know, I'm not running a billion dollar company. Yeah. Just imagine here but yeah so that's warhammer old world if you want to buy it unfortunately at the moment you can't because it's all that stock um but you know have a look around you'll probably be able to pick up the rule book if you want to pay 10 times its price it may be on ebay i do know also what i think is really vile that they've done is they you know they released some of the pdf army lists oh did they yeah yeah they released some army lists on free pdfs yeah like some of the older armies but they specifically said you can't play them at any like gcw events why they're like these are the free lists. You're not playing them. They're not legal for events or anything. You've got to buy the rulebook lists, which I thought was a bit, a bit mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that is old world news. Then moving on quickly to some happier news for Cowboy News Roundup as we Yee-haw. end the game. Uh, Great Escape Games, sort of like showed what's going to be their biggest release ever for Dead Man's Hand Redux in April. And there are a whole load of new things coming out for this. You've got the Dead Man's Hand Redux two-player starter set, the new rule book, the card deck. Some Yeah, because my card deck has the small cards. And I was like, why have they never printed this in the full-size deck? Because it was annoying with the tiny cards anyway. Yep, so you good get some work. single and double-story plastic buildings, yeah. some street scatter, plastic sprues, some Old yeah. work plastics and some extra characters and metal packs. Nice. So for all your cowboy action, check out Great Escape Games for nice. the new relaunch of Dead Man's Hands in April. And I think 
I think it's cool that Dead Man's Hand is getting a re-release because I think it's one of those cowboy games that has kind of stuck around. Yeah. Because one thing we seem to discover with Cowboy News Roundup is lots of cowboy stuff so it comes and goes and doesn't seem to necessarily stick, whereas yeah. Dead Man's Hand does. Uh, also, if you're looking for extra cowboy minis, check out Knuckle Duster Minis mm-hmm. on Facebook because they bring out loads of cowboy accoutrement minis all the time. Hobby plans for me going forward, more ACW painting than 6mm gaming. Where's this, where's this come from, Tom? Gaming, hopefully some Keyforge. That's a bit. How about yourself, Andy? So, uh, Keyforge of you. Um, hopefully playing the Doomed with uh, with Ed. Uh, to sort out what's happening there. Um, hobbying. Um, I want to make a start on uh, my Blood Bowl teams. I've got a little bit of um, epic pike and shot that I haven't quite finished off for my Imperial Army for 30 year war, but there's no imperative there. There's no need for that currently. It's just I was halfway through it and I haven't finished it. And I'm like, I should really finish that before I start something new. But it's not on my list for this year. So I'm kind of like stuck in sort of procrastinating between which one am I going to do? <laughs> so we'll see. I think. I might just knock out the slam and contrast and get those done. It's probably not a bad plan. Well, thank you very much, Andy. Good to record today. I'll see you soon. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Considering I didn't do anything, we have talked for a long time, haven't we? Well, that's all. It's always the thing. Have we got enough to actually record an episode? It's like, we'll get an hour. <laughs> always get an hour. That's it. An hour and 58 minutes. That's it. Yeah. So um, good luck if you're looking to pick up your bits, get those bits. I hope you can find them in stock and um, talk to you soon. Goodbye. See you all soon. See ya.